Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good afternoon and happy new year to everyone. This is Chickie Fitzgerald with the Executive Girlfriends Group. It is January 6th. And it is my pleasure to introduce New York Times bestselling author Vicki Malazzo. And Vicki has written a book called Wicked Success is Inside Every Woman. Welcome, Vicki. Great to be here. Thank you. Well, Vicki, I have to start off by asking about the title. I'm sure everyone asks you, was this your title or was it the, the publisher's title? Actually, it was my title. And... Uh, I had written a book for women about six years ago, and my publisher and I had been talking about writing another book for for women, and I chose Wicked Success because when I wrote the first book, the economy was a completely different environment, and (laughs) here we are now, you know, in 2012, and, uh, you know, women are still climbing out of probably one of the greatest economic recessions that most women have encountered in their lifetime. And so I wanted to write a book that addressed the new challenges that women are facing in this new economy. And that's why I labeled it Wicked Success, because these are wicked times, these are unprecedented, challenging times, calling for wicked strategies. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Vicki, before you became an author, tell us a little bit about what you did uh, in, in the business world. I started out as a registered nurse, and I was working in a hospital. And uh, after about six years, I decided that I was pretty much going to find myself in a dead-end job. And I recognized that I was going to be working overtime the rest of my life just to pay my mortgage, and plus, I was probably a little too mouthy and opinionated to, to work for an institution. So I took my expertise as a registered nurse, and I turned that into a business idea, which was consulting with attorneys on medical-related cases. And I started out my business as a consultant. Uh, after several years as a consultant, many other nurses were curious about what I did, how I went about doing it. And so I started training other nurses to do what I do. And so today that's really the core business is uh, certification and training of registered nurses as certified legal nurse consultants. Wow. Very, very interesting. Well, talk about, uh, you know, seeing a need and a gap and, and uh, using what you've got to fill it. That That's really amazing. So, Vicki, your, your book um, – you you have put some uh, incredible uh, practical promises to help people fuel their business life. And before we get into that, I always like to hear the story of you know, how you got the book from idea, uh, you know, to actually writing it. Uh, did you have other people around you saying, you know, you really need to put these things into writing? Um, you know, what was it that actually got the book out of your head? I've been writing for 30 years, so writing uh-huh. for me is something I do 
pretty much every day in some form or fashion. And uh, my company produces huge amounts of products and textbooks for our core mm-hmm. business, Legal Nurse Consulting. So to write a book for, for women, it's a very natural extension for me because 94% of registered nurses are are women. And that's why I wanted to write a book for all women because I've been interacting with predominantly women for three decades now. Now, in terms of any woman who's aspiring to write a book, it's just a matter of getting down and doing it and um, you know, taking the, the time to do it. And I know a lot of people who have aspirations to write a book tell me that they don't really know how to fit that into their life. And I appreciate that challenge because I do run a business. I have 23 employees. So uh, for me, the way I was able to accomplish it is to just really power out over a very brief period of time instead of dragging it out. Because for me, if I say, you know, I'm going to take a year to complete this book, well, too many other things are going to get in my way. Whereas if I say I'm giving myself two months to just power out, uh, my executive team and staff can rally behind that and, um, and, you know, take care of my office when I'm not around so much. Well, that is excellent. And, you know, I mean, uh, I think you're absolutely right. You don't necessarily get a better result from, you know, devoting more time to it and, and kicking it out in a short period of time. Obviously worked here. So the the premise behind the book are, are actually five promises. And I'm, I'm just going to read through those because what I really want to get to are the ten feminine forces uh, within those five promises that help you harness uh what is possible within you. So the um, the actual uh, promise to provide the fuel is, number one, I will live and work a passionate life. Number two, I will go for it or reject it outright. Number three, I will take it one action step a day toward my passionate vision. Number four, I commit to being a success student for life. And I can't wait to talk about that one. And number five, I believe as a woman I can really do anything. So let's just jump right in to the first force, which which is fire. Talk to us about what it takes to ignite that inner fire. Well, that relates to promise number one, living and working a passionate life. You know, I think all women are passionate about something. And the women who are most happy with their life or with their career, they are living and working their passion. So, you know, the more your career can be aligned with something that you can be passionate about, obviously the more you're satisfied with. And I think that, you know, I work with women all the time, you know, who tell me they feel like they're stuck where they are. And I don't really agree with that. I think that you can make changes in your life. And sometimes it starts off with small changes. So, for example, when I decided to start my business, I still had my full-time job. I mean, realistically, I couldn't just quit my job and go out and start this business that I was going to love, right? But I started my business on a part-time basis. And so, you know, for many women, oftentimes this is what we have to do. But I knew that I needed to wake up to something that I was going to love every day. And I also knew that to live my passion, it meant that I was going to have to work hard to make that happen for myself. Mm, that is is so so true. Now, throughout the book, you you interviewed an, a number of women and and shared 
some of their stories. So as, as we go through this, if there's a particular story that jumps out at you, uh, you know, I would love to hear that. Um, so the second one is intuitive vision. And, you know, a lot of folks are, are either focused on strategy and vision as a part of their work career or they're in a very highly tactical operational uh, environment where they don't really get a chance to think about how they would like to do it. Somebody's already given them that uh, that charge uh, to move ahead. So if you are one of those people that uh, that comes from that operational and tactical environment, how do you get back to this place where you can imagine unlimited possibilities? And are you talking about within that job description or separate from that? Well, um, just the whole concept of tapping into that intuitive vision part of who we are as women. So maybe separate from their job, if their job is extremely tactical. Is that what mm-hmm. you're asking? Yeah. Well, first of all, I think the the biggest thing I notice with women is we're what I call the 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 chief everything officers, you know, we're the CEO of not only our uh, our our job or our career, but we're also the CEO of our household, our usually our children, education, transportation, meal planning, shopping, and that's just to name a few. And mm-hmm. so most women that I work with tell me that they really feel like they don't have time for themselves that they can't really even think straight or or even creatively think about what they want to do with their life because they just don't have the time. So what do we have to do? Well, the solution, and any woman can do this, is to wake up 30 minutes early and you wake up just for you, not your spouse not your or your significant other, not your computer, <laughs> not your kids, just for you and you have to have that quiet time because it's impossible to think that we can tap into this incredible intelligence that we all have if we don't take the time because today especially there's so many time sucking distractions in addition to all the responsibilities that we have right we've got email following us everywhere and facebook and twitter and you name it so um we have to create that space, that what I think of as the silence. And so I always use the first 30 minutes of that day for my own personal and professional development. It's my opportunity to focus on, for me, my spiritual development as well as my personal development, which then allows me to show up more consistently in the way that I want to in my work world. Because I know when I get to my office, for example, that um, – you know, pretty much I'm going to be blowing and going the rest of the day. So, you know, how do I stay balanced uh, with a life that's as busy as most of us have, right? And that's how I do it for me. And I, I always say start the first part of your day that way because most of us lose control of the latter part of our day. Right, right. Well, I I think that is is something that most women have found out that if they don't set aside time for themselves at the beginning of the day that it's really tough to regain that. But you know what I'm um 
what I'm seeing as I look through the, the different, um, you know, the ten different elements that you have laid out here, is that that we all have that intuitive vision within us, and and perhaps because of tactical or operational jobs, maybe it's gotten squelched. Well, sure, and it's so, kind of like children. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. think about like children. You know, they're wide open, and then what happens as we become adults, right? Right. We're not as curious, or we're not as uh, excitable about things, right? So, I mean, yeah, we shut down. And we shut down because we have all of these incredible responsibilities that we have to right. to deal with. And, you know, again, I, I'm what I call a realistic optimist, okay? I'm, I don't believe in airy-fairy ideas about how to attain success or how to live a passionate life because the truth is, is in order to do it as women, we just – we have to do a lot of bucking up because we do have a lot of responsibilities. Now, intuitive vision is also about trusting yourself. And I see this a lot with women where, you know, a lot of times they'll listen to other people more than they listen to themselves. They know that right. what they need to do. They already know it, but they're they're instead they're letting everybody else control what they do or, or what they think. And so that's another one. And then the other thing that we need to remember is, we can't wait for the conditions to be perfect, okay? Again, right. so often, you know, we know, all right, I want to start this business or I want to make a job change, but, you know, I, I need these conditions to all align. Well, life is sloppy, and it's and it's never going to align. And so sometimes we have to take a risk. And so I would just redefine success because I think so often we want, like, a guarantee that everything's going to work out a perfect way or a certain <laughs> way. And right. um, so for me, success is not the outcome. Success is just knowing that I stepped out and went for what I wanted. And irregardless right. of the outcome, I'm successful if I just go for what I want. Exactly, and, and that you actually took the time to think through what you might want and yeah. to do that exploration. I had a situation this week where um, actually a, a couple of months ago I had been looking into doing uh, building out a new website for um, one of one of my business ideas, and I had reached out to the guy who hosts our website, and he did a little bit of research, and he's very, very passive. And uh, because I never called him back and asked him how things turned out, he never told me that he had really invested an enormous amount of time. And I had mentioned several times that I was looking for a business partner, and he says, well, you know, I'll be your partner. But he would never get back to me. And, and this week, in fact, yesterday, I got this note from him saying, you know, I really invested a lot of time. You know, I, I need to see how I can make my money back. I thought, you know, that that if you figure that out, let me know. Because, you know, I mean, I just burned up a couple of months uh, on a new business venture, and it didn't work out, and now I'm off to something else. And so, you know, the the next step, I think, is, is really, really plays into that, where uh, you have mentioned several times that this particular business, you actually started on a part-time basis, but you knew that you had to get engaged, that you couldn't, it, you had to get it out of that just the thought and planning process and actually engage. So to achieve big things, you have to get to that next step where there's some action. So talk to us about engagement. Well, this is the hardest part for everybody, male or female, you know. Uh, it's uh, it's executing on your idea. And how often do you hear somebody say, you know, I thought of that, but what do they do about that, right? And And so this is where most people fail. This is where you're really having to buck up. And, for example, when I decided to start my own business, 
I knew that I was going to have to make some changes in my life. You know, Einstein said you cannot solve a problem with the same mind that created it. So (laughs) I knew, okay, you know, if I want to be successful, I want to start my own business, then I'm going to have to make sure that I do things the right way. And part of that means making some sacrifices, giving some things up. So, for example, back in 1982, uh, one of the things I gave up was I turned off the TV and I put it in my closet. Mm -hmm. Um, I stopped dating guys that I really wasn't that into, you know, just to have a date, so to speak. And, uh, you know, again, giving up some of those things, now I can take 12 weeks off a year for vacation. But um, so often, this is where people fail. I mean, I mentor people all the time, and I'm shocked at how little people will accomplish in a day. And I think especially today, it's very easy to be busy but not be productive. Right. And we have to break what I call those feel-good addictions. You know, those things that feel good, they make us feel like we're being busy, but at the end of the day, they're not um, contributing to a big accomplishment. So for me, one of my strategies on engagement is to always be trying to concentrate on what I think is a big project, something that I'm not going to be able to finish it in one day, but when I do finish it, it's going to be it's going to reap very large results for our company. Right, and I, I love, um, and just for those who are listening, um, the way that Vicki has structured her chapters, there are 10 or 12 uh, subheaders within each of those, and, and the first one in, in this section is engage your fears to conquer them. And another one which uh, relates to what Vicki just said is engage in what's right, not what's easy. And yeah. I, I think we do fall into that trap. We We go through all the things that we can get done you know, in five minutes, so that we've just done fifteen things. But you're right. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, I mean, for, ever push us toward our goal. For example, you know, um, I, I read recently that we're interrupted in the workplace every three minutes. So it's challenging today. Let's face it. I mean, it's a different world today. Um, but you know, it feels good to keep your email box cleaned up, doesn't it? But um, I always tell people you're not going to get a promotion and you're not going to get a pay raise just because you're the fastest email responder, right? Right. You're going to get a promotion and a pay raise or a big payoff if you own your own business by accomplishing something big. So you've got to keep your eye on the ball, you know, with intention and with consciousness. And I think it takes even more consciousness today than it did for those of us who have been in business for 30 years. Right. Oh, no, I totally agree with that. And that brings us actually to the next one, which is agility. And I was just thinking about this today, the difference in how I behaved when I was in a corporate environment, which was basically the first 15 years of my 30-year career, and and how agile I've had to be as an entrepreneur the last 15. And the subheader of, of this next chapter is flex your agility to grab new opportunities. And so why is agility so critical in, in seizing the opportunity? Our world is moving very rapidly, even more rapidly than just five short years ago. And so if we're not agile, we're going to miss those opportunities. I mean, I think a perfect example is social media. 
most of us were not doing social media five years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, yet I think every business today will tell you that social media has to be part of their business strategy, right? And so, you know, we're having to be agile. We're having to respond to the world, not only our own market, but also to what goes on um, in the larger world. And, you know, a big mistake I see sometimes business owners and people making is they just do what people within their own industry are doing. But people who excel the most, they really look outside of their industry and in a very agile way apply what they learn from other industries to their own industry. And that's where you can get really exciting and creative for your business and be in the forefront. You know, because I... um, I always want people to be copying me. I don't want to be copying somebody else. Excellent. Excellent. So the next one is genius. Intensify your intelligence for accelerated success. This is, um, I think, first of all, one of women's strengths. You know, these are ten strengths that women, we really already have them. It's just a matter of uh magnifying them and really using all ten. But, you know, collaboration is definitely, I think, women's strength. And, in fact, um, there was a Harvard Business Review study that was done last summer that revealed if you put men, you know, more men into a group, that the collective intelligence of the group does not increase. But if you add women to a group, as you add more women the collective intelligence increases. I think a lot of that has to do with our collaboration power because women are really mm-hmm. good about that. We're relationship builders. Um, we really uh, we know how to listen to each other. You know, men, they're taught not to ask for help. That's considered a weakness among men. But women, um, we get that. So one of our big geniuses is our power of collaboration. And I think especially our, our social networking powers that women have, social media is the perfect outlet for us. I mean, this is such a great opportunity. This is where we really excel and thrive. So women who are out there making use of social media, you're doing something that comes natural to you anyway, but um, it can be very powerful. Now, one more point that that I do want to make, and that is you have got to learn from people who are successful. You have exactly. to. That's, that's, and, that's the point I was going to draw out because one of the subtitles is stop hanging with the biggest losers. Yes, you don't want to hang with what I call the biggest losers. You know, this can be like if you are if you have a job, the, the whiners and the complainers and the people who right. never want to go above and beyond their job description. That's not going to get you anywhere. Or um, if you're trying to learn a new skill or start a business, whatever your goal is, and you want to have somebody mentor you or you want to learn from someone else, you want to make sure that you qualify that person and that that person is truly successful. Because I think today, especially with the Internet, there's just a lot of bad advice out there. And, you know, not only can an inept coach, you know, fail to help you, they can actually cause you to fail. So you need to be careful with that. Right. 
Now, the next topic is one um actually I'm I'm speaking at a, a local leadership meeting on Tuesday here in Tampa and and it's a a course that they do throughout the year and and each month they have a different topic and this month's topic is integrity. And so I've been thinking a lot about it and and uh, clearly number 6 uh in your book is integrity, practicing uncompromising integrity for authentic success. But as I was thinking through <laughs> and and I don't know if this was your experience, but you know, integrity wasn't something that my parents talked about. They lived it, but mm-hmm. but they didn't talk about it. And they didn't talk about what it meant. And I guess it was because it was so ingrained. My father was a, a minister. Uh, my parents were both out of missionary families, so they they had grown up, um, you know, where integrity was an assumption. You know, it wasn't something that you had to think about whether you were going to do it or not. You just did. And that's not the way it is in business uh, today. We have situational ethics. We have people who, you know, overpromise and underdeliver, and you know, so many of the things that happen and and that have been foundational to the crisis that we've just come through are because of a lack of integrity. So, um, tell me a little bit about about the stories uh, that you came across when you looked at integrity. Well, you know, again, I mean, I think this is a woman's strength, and um, I think uh, one of the the stories that I love is Jan's story in my book where basically she had a high school counselor tell her that she was not college material, okay? And so that was a breach of integrity against her. And why I love that as an example is I I think we're kind of preaching to the choir when we tell people to act with integrity, but one of the things I think women need to also remember is that you need to expect people to treat you also with integrity. Right. And so, you know, Jan, the reason I love her story is she's decided to prove him wrong. And today, you know, she went and got her master's degree. She teaches children who have learning um, needs, you know, high learning needs. Right. And um, she didn't let somebody basically uh, assume what she's capable of. But again, so often today I see this, whether it's in a relationship, you know, I've recently talked with somebody who's in an abusive relationship with her husband, you know, whether it's something like that or allowing somebody to mistreat you in the workplace, women need to stand their ground on that. And and as to acting with integrity, well, you said it exactly right. I mean, your parents just lived it. And I think when we do that, whether it's in our job or as business owners, people are going to want to continue to work with us. Right. And, you know, I've got an 11-year-old son, and, and one of the things that I've been talking to him about, and I, I haven't used the word integrity, but I think I'll start using it, um, is is that it's all about being able to look yourself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And it, it has to start with you. It, it isn't just about how you behave with other people. Uh, and I think you bring this out in, in your book that, um, you know, it, that every promise that you make, even to yourself, mm-hmm. um, counts. Absolutely. And, um, you know, we want to also make sure that we don't overpromise because this is often the thing 
that gets in our way as women. We tend to overpromise, mm-hmm. and uh, we we overpromise because you know one of our addictions is we like to make everybody feel good, right? right. And uh, so you know then we end up compromising our own integrity because we've overpromised to somebody that we really didn't mean it, but we're going to do it anyway because we made the promise. Right. So we have to treat ourselves first and foremost with integrity in order to properly treat others with integrity. One more point that I think is really important today with social media, things like Twitter, like Facebook, I really encourage women to, um, you know, keep their dirty laundry private. We right. really don't need to be out there posting about problems with your marriage or complaining about your job. Um at the end of the day, it's not going to serve you. It just won't. Right, right. Absolutely. So the next one, and this is near and dear to my heart as an entrepreneur because I think it's one of the, the most important entrepreneurial skills, and that is endurance. Fuel your endurance to energize your performance. Yeah, and uh, one of my strategies for that is lots of payoffs, and um, I call them incremental payoffs. In other words, mm-hmm. so often we like to reward ourselves when we get the big win, do you know? Um, just to give you an example, I did a, an event last year with Stedman Graham, and uh, when we finally uh, closed that uh, deal that we were doing together, um, you know, Obviously, that was a great result. But even before that, I celebrated it, and I always celebrate before the big win. You know, again, I just celebrate for stepping out. So, you know, sometimes it might mean having a glass of champagne. Sometimes it might mean, you know, taking time off. But I think women need we need to give ourselves these incremental rewards because this is how we can keep up our endurance, especially – uh, you know, most of us, we're going to be working into our 60s, and today we're hearing that we might be working even later than that. Right. And, uh, you know, so how do we wake up day after day after day? Well, for me, it's um, lots of little payoffs. And they don't have to be big, and they don't have to cost anything. They really don't. Well, I think that's a really, really practical solution, because uh, particularly when you do bite off something big, uh, you know, it 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 takes an awful lot of bites to eat the elephant, but uh, yeah. you know, knowing knowing that you can actually get it done and and that you can celebrate those those components, I think is really important. Also, so it's one, right focus. Oh, go ahead. Before we get to the next one, it's also having the right focus because I see so many people depleting their endurance with negative thinking, with whining and complaining. That's exhausting. You know, I mean, we've all done it in some form or fashion. So, you know, every one of us has probably been guilty of it. But I think if we can pay attention to what that does to us and how that's so exhausting, then um, we can get focused in the proper way. You know, our mental preparation is so important in terms of our endurance. Right. So let's move on to the next one, which is uh, enterprise, becoming the CEO of your career and of your life. I know in talking to a lot of folks, I do a lot of mentoring as well, that it's really easy to to feel like you're a victim of your circumstances and that, oh, you know, this is what my boss does to me or he he says this to me or this person won't let me move into this next role. 
So how, if you have been in that mindset, uh, how do you move to this place of actually, even if you're not an entrepreneur, becoming more enterprising and really taking charge? Well, CEOs of companies, essentially they're always weighing and balancing if we invest this time, money, and resources, what's the payoff going to be? So for me, being enterprising is always assessing what's the payoff. So, for example, if you're at a job, and maybe it's not the most ideal job, but you know there's an ultimate payoff, such as a promotion, well, then it might be worthwhile to hang in there and keep up that job. If you're in a job, kind of like I was in, that's you know clearly dead end, and you know that in the long scheme of things there's not going to be a payoff, well, then that's where you have to make a move. And you have to be enterprising and creative and think about, you know, what your next move can be. So it might mean a job in the same industry, but for some other employer. It might mean changing industries. I've seen people do this all the time. A a woman I know basically... um, left the banking industry because she realized it was a dead end for her in terms of her ultimate long-term goals, you know, so she moved into a completely different industry. And then of course, um if you're owning if you own your own business, again, I mean, that's that's pretty clear for most entrepreneurs that you don't do anything if there's no payoff at the end of it. Right. Or if you do, you uh, will get drained in more than one way. So that that brings us actually to the next one, which is renewal. Okay, but let me back up there because I think the big mistake entrepreneurs make is I started it, now I have to finish it. (laughs) So we have kind of a phrase in my office, this was an hallucination, so we're going to stop it now. And I think that's a good strategy when you own a business. I mean, not every idea is idea is going to be a stellar idea, and that's okay. I mean, there's going to be some what I call hallucinations, but um, (laughs) it's cutting the cord. It's saying, okay, yeah, we did invest time and money, but we don't need to be putting more time and money into this bad idea. So um, being enterprising is also about having that ability to recognize and let go of those very bad ideas. Absolutely, and uh, I, I have certainly lived that one of late. Uh, and you know, you're right. Uh, entrepreneurs do tend to want to stick stick with it and see it through. But I think the other interesting thing is um, also battling. Uh, and I think people who who move jobs frequently go through the same thing of knowing that you're in search of something better, but worrying about that people will think that you can't stick with one thing. Well. You know, when people do too much job hopping, though, a lot of times the person who does that has a very Pollyannish view of life mm-hmm. and has this idea that the grass is going to be greener on the other side. And so, you know, sometimes it is truly a dead-end job or the wrong job, and sometimes it's someone who just really doesn't get it, you know, and doesn't have either the skills or the aptitude to buck up and do what it takes to be, you know, successful for a long-term period. So, I mean, I see both ends of that one for sure. 
So the next one, and I, I alluded to this, when you do end up getting drained because uh, you have made some wrong choices and have had to, to regroup and, and uh, refocus, the next one is renewal. And, and you focus a lot in this uh, area of the book about the personal and physical side of things, not so much the the um, the business aspects, but those pieces of your life that have to be strong to allow you to see things through. Yeah, because, you know, basically um, to really be authentically successful, things have to be congruent. You know, your life has to be in alignment in all realms. It's kind of hard, for example, for somebody to be unhealthy and to be successful or if they are successful to enjoy their success. Mm -hmm. Or, again, if somebody's mental state, if they're overly stressed or they don't know how to manage stress because, you know, stress is really self-imposed. Stress is not external. You can take two people and put them in the same situation and one can respond without stress while another gets freaks out and is totally stressed. So that's the first thing to remember, that stress is internal. It's really not external. Now, can there be stressors? Yes, but again, you know, some people are more easily stressed out than others. So the more we can kind of manage all those energies, the physical energy, the mental energy, the emotional energy, then the more we're primed for success. Because when we're out of alignment, then again, um, we're not going to be as productive from a success standpoint. So women have to take time for, for ourselves, and we have to, you know, love ourselves and know that, hey, this is our vessel. We have to take care of of me and it's okay and we shouldn't feel guilty about that you know i I know most women will tell you their spouse doesn't think anything about going off for the weekend and playing golf and taking care of themselves but um you know women they feel guilty so we have to take a little bit of time and you know if if you're a woman listening who hasn't done this for yourself start small you don't have to try and say i'm going to do something for myself an hour every day because realistically I don't think you'll do that but if you could say you know I'm going to sit in the tub for five minutes and soak in some nice hot water or you know just sit and relax for five minutes start small Uh that's what Vicki, can I get you to speak up just a little bit? Um, We're having a little bit of interference and because I can't get at my control panel I I, uh, can't see where the problem is, but if you speak up a little bit, I don't think we'll have the problem. Do you need me to repeat? Um, no, I, I, I think we were able to okay. hear you. Uh, Great. Again, Beautiful. we were talking just about women really taking the time for themselves, even if it's five minutes a day. But well, just to start to, with that, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Because, um, you know, as I was saying, a woman who doesn't do this for themselves already if it's kind of like losing weight. If you say, I'm going to lose 50 pounds, well, what are the odds of that happening? But if you say, I'm going to lose 5 pounds, that's achievable. That feels attainable. Exactly. It's the same for renewal. If you don't already take care of yourself, and you say, oh, I'm going to start taking an hour for myself every day, well, the odds of that happening are pretty slim. So start small. Set some nice small goals for yourself. And I have some great strategies that are either free or very inexpensive in the in the book for that. 
Well, and I, I, this brings us actually to the last one, which is is the one that is nearest and dearest to my heart. You know, the executive girlfriends group. Uh, typically, we we will have a number of people on the phone live on Friday. I think you know everybody's just a little bit overwhelmed with coming back from the holidays, so uh, we just didn't have participation today. But getting together and fusing with incredible women to attain the impossible is the last one. It's called female fusion, and I love that term. Because we have found within this group, which uh, we have over 700 members uh, of the Executive Girlfriends group. Congratulations. Uh, most whom, yeah, most of whom are very, very successful. But almost universally, everybody's doing more with less. And, you know, I find that as as one of them has a need and, and I hook, it, hook them up with someone else within the group, uh, amazing things do happen. And, you know, we talked earlier about what happens when you spend time with losers. Well, the, you know, this is the converse of that, of the, the story of what happens when you do get together with other amazing women and, and how you can bounce off of each other. Um, and... Uh, the one thing I would like to bring out here is uh, particularly for those of us who work out of our homes. And, you know, I do run a number of businesses, even though I'm learning how to become a full-time mom at the same time. But the thing I miss most is being physically with other women. And and I don't know if you have encountered any ways, Vicki, that locally you can find groups, uh, you know, of, of people to get together with when you don't have that kind of an office environment. Yeah, um, absolutely. I have a couple of ideas. But first of all, it's interesting that you said that you want to get with them physically. And there's a reason for that. There is a physical reason for that. When we surround ourselves with women, supportive women, I'm not talking about somebody who drains us, um, there's actually a release of a hormone called oxytocin, and it's a feel-good hormone. And that's why women should never give up their women friends <laughs> because, you know, this is such a powerful hormone. And one of the first things women give up when they either become very successful in their career or when they get married and have children is their girlfriends. And yet we shouldn't. And so um, as you're suggesting, uh, this is a very powerful way, again, to um, constantly reconnect with your um your feminine strengths, your uh, your feminine aspirations, and if if you're seeking out a group, there's two ways to go about it. One is you can look for those groups in your area that are already formed. A group like oh, your I own, could as start an example, one. <laughs> or start your own. And the reason I like the idea of starting your own is the most powerful group is a group of five to eight or ten people that. You know, they they are in perfect alignment in terms of purpose, in terms of it becoming something that is supportive, not draining. You know, again, you don't want to be sitting around with people that are just whining and complaining about the economy, that kind of thing. And um, so you can decide to bring people from, you know, different different industries together. I always tell, for example, our nurses that, you know, you when you align with other certified legal nurse consultants, don't just align even with people in your own local area. You can align with people outside your area as well. Right. You know, and sometimes they will meet four times a year or a couple of times a year. So there's great ways to to fuse with women again that are on the same page with you. 
Right, right. Well, Vicki, your book, uh, as as uh, our listeners can tell, is just jam-packed with very, very practical uh, ways to actually tap into the success that is inside every woman, and it is wicked success that we can we can pull out. And the other thing I want to share, just uh, because I'm a sucker for format of books, uh, those who who listen to me frequently know that when when a book is so practical to actually use. This isn't a book that you just read. You can actually use it. And at the end of every single chapter, Vicki has incorporated uh, Engage to Achieve Big Things with the the Five Promises. This is from the chapter on on engagement. And and so she goes through the promises and uh, goes back and talks about how you can uh, apply this to your own life. And it's actually a, a format where you can write in your answers. And so I highly encourage you to get a copy of this book. It's called Wicked Success is Inside Every Woman. The author, again, is Vicki Malazzo. Am I pronouncing that right, Vicki? Yes, you are. Okay, great. And uh, the book was published by Wiley, and it is available uh, widely. We do have it on our Executive Girlfriends Group book club site for those of you who are members uh, in the Executive Girlfriends group. And Vicki, why don't you tell folks uh, the best way to reach you? How, how can they find out more about you and your firm? They can go to wickedsuccess.com. That's easy. And great success to all the women listening. Okay, terrific. Well, Vicki, thank you so much for your time. And uh, I am uh, looking forward to diving more deeply into your book. I I had it sitting out to read over the holidays, and uh, I ended up uh, coming down with a a pretty nasty cold, so I didn't get through it. But I am uh, really, really looking forward to to going through it. Well, thank you for for having me. Yeah, it was definitely my pleasure. So I hope you have a great weekend, and hopefully there is some warmth uh, somewhere in this country that's going to make it to us. Uh, I was sharing that it's been so cold in Florida, and it's uh, beautifully sunny, but I'm hoping for a warm weekend. Thank you so much. All right. Take care, and thank you again, Vicki. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.